Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. Okay, so um, just uh, let yourself arrive here. Come into your body. Know that you're alive. Feel the earth support you. Know that you're breathing. And let the mind be very spacious, relaxed, nothing that you need to make happen. Simply let your natural interest meet this moment as it is. We'll just sit here for a few moments to just arrive here before we formally start the day. Take a few deeper breaths right now, and as you exhale, let go of anything that you don't need. You don't have to try hard to get rid of it. Just allow it to leave on its own by not holding on to it. Just a few more moments of letting yourself simply be here. Nothing to do. Nothing to make happen. 
just letting yourself be at ease to whatever extent is available. Hi again. <clears throat> so, um, if we haven't met before, uh, my name's James Barris, and I'm one of the teachers here at Spirit Rock. And um, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to going through uh, the day with you and. Uh, and, and sharing and exploring this topic. And um, we'll be doing uh, a variety of things. Uh, one, we'll be doing some sitting. So if you're new to meditation, uh, then uh, be giving some simple instructions uh, and all inclined towards this theme of letting go. Uh, we'll also be doing some, uh, sharing some material and exploring together and having some experiential uh, exercises. Uh, we'll be taping, we'll be recording it, and uh, there'll be some times for discussion. If you uh, don't want to uh, have your, have a question, uh, I don't know how many people are going to be listening to this. It might be just us today here, uh, but if you would prefer not to uh, be recorded, you might want to uh, come up and ask a question uh, uh, privately or, uh, or let us know um, and we'll hit the pause button, uh, but just want to be natural and uh, as best we can and uh, have a, an easy interaction because a lot of the wisdom comes from you and from the group, um, so uh, they're hitting the having the record going, and um, just want to let you know that. Uh, I'll, I'll say a little bit more in, in a few moments of, about the theme, but uh, I wanted to have you meet my uh, wonderful partner in life and in the, in the day, uh, my wife, Jane. So. Hi. Is it on? No, um, it is. No. Now it is. Is it on now? Yeah. Hi. Um, I'm really grateful to be here today at Spirit Rock. It's, it's um, 
really an honor, and uh, I'm, I'm thank you for showing up in this really rainy uh, day. Uh, it's kind of sweet to be able to spend the day inside together and look at the topic of um, bringing more well-being into our lives, more happiness by letting go. Um, and I thought I'd take a few minutes just to tell you about who I am and why I'm here. Um, it took me a while to realize um, how important it is to put happiness at the center of my life. Um, when I was growing up, no one ever um, mentioned or thought of the idea that the purpose of life was to be happy. Um, you know, I heard all sorts of messages, as I'm sure you did, you know, like, be a good student, uh, contribute to the world, um, um, be kind, be, you know, be a wife, be a mother, whatever messages we heard, I never heard the purpose of life is to be happy. And it wasn't until I heard it from the Dalai Lama that I got, oh, happy? Okay, it's okay to really go for happiness. Um, and I grew up kind of a crit uh, being praised for being a critical thinker. Um, I was kind of a good problem solver, but the problem with that is the critical aspect. <laughs> it doesn't lead to a whole lot of happiness all the time. Um, and, I, and also sort of like postponing my happiness. You know, I'll be happy when, fill in the blank, you know when I get a diploma, or when I get right, meet the right partner, or when I get enlightened, you know, something like that, just out there, happiness is out there. And um, so it was really kind of a, um, a process for me to turn it around and say, oh no, I want to be happy now. Um, and that it's okay to be happy now. And it's a, it's a choice that it we can all make. It's not, happiness isn't reserved for just the few lucky ones um, who happen to be somehow have the right conditions when they were born or when they were growing up. Happiness is, uh, or more joy, bringing more well-being, more contentment in our life, is really um, something that we can all do for ourselves. And I suspect that's why you're here today, because you have um, some agreement on that, that Yes, you'd like to be happier, and um, you want to look at ways to, for, to let go and, and become more happy. So um, James wrote this book. Um, probably a lot of you are already familiar with it. Uh, it <laughs> Awakening Joy, <laughs> Ten Steps to Real Happiness. And um, it's been quite a process for me to... Um, because I'm, I was lucky, I married a, a, or whatever, I married a really terrific guy, you know, and he really embodies, he loves to be happy, and he loves to help other people be happy. So I've reaped the benefit of that, obviously. <laughs> so, um, but I still, you know, I still would struggle with the question, you know, is given that the world is in such a, you know, really bad shape on so many levels, I would sometimes struggle, well, you know, is it really appropriate to be happy? You know, how can we be happy when there's so much horrible stuff 
happening out there to other people, to the people that we love. Um, and so I had to really look at that and say, well, but wait a moment. I want my, I want my friends to be happy. I want my children to be happy. I want um, my community to be happy. I, I want less happier drivers instead of road rage. I mean, of course, <laughs> it's in my self-interest for as many people as possible to be happy. Um, and why not me? Why shouldn't, you know? And in fact, that um, it's clear to me, the happier I am, the then I contribute a lot more to everybody around me. Um, and I think that's true for all of us, or most of us. So I'm a life coach, and I love supporting women and going through transitions and other life issues. Um, and I just get deep happiness from seeing other people thrive. And so today we're going to look at um, how we're going to get more well-being by letting go. And there's lots to let go of. Um, there's too much stuff, there's our old bad habits, there's our crowded schedules, there's the illusion that we can control things in this constantly changing world, um, there's the unhelpful stories that we tell ourselves that keep us stuck in old behaviors, and ultimately, we have to let go of those who are nearest and dearest to us and our, our very lives. So I think this day, I hope it will be really packed with useful information and, and new insights that you'll gain for yourself and so that um, we'll all continue to support each other in letting go and and coming to a deeper sense of well-being in our lives. Great. I, I want to add a couple of things about Jane that uh, <clears throat> might be of interest to you. First of all, she's she is one of the founders of this place of Spirit Rock. It doesn't have has it on. Some of the teachers have it on their resume, founding teacher. But uh, she was instrumental in. Uh, in Spirit Rock coming together uh, from the very beginning. We, she was there looking at the land with, with all of us and those first few years she was on the, the board for the first eight years and, and a presence that uh, uh, we all valued. She was just, she's very down to earth and practical and, um, and uh, has a, a really great heart. She helped start the family program here uh, many years ago with me and uh, um, she's been my coach for the last 30 years actually so uh, and I rely on her for her wisdom and uh, and heart so nice Thanks. to be here with you, you. Mm. so um, first I want to say a little bit about this whole idea of joy or happiness. Jane mentioned happiness a number of times and I know sometimes people kind of roll their eyes after a while, you know, happy, happy, you know, joy, joy. You know. It seems a little bit 
Dharma light um, if you're into heavy-duty stuff. I am, I've been teaching for quite some time and I'm very familiar with the first noble truth. There's suffering in life. So I, I don't want you to think that uh, we're, we're glossing over that. Uh, when I talk about um, joy or happiness, I'm really talking about well-being, that there's a place in all of us that really does want to be happy. As the Dalai Lama says, the purpose of life is to be happy. Or the Buddha was called the happy one. Uh, and he said, go for the highest happiness. If you, if you really see where happiness lies, then go for it. And you'll have all the other happinesses along the way. There's many different flavors of joy and happiness from peace, contentment, ease, aliveness, uh, a, a more bubbly uh, lightness, and a, a deeper sense of connection as well. For, for me, joy really comes down to um, connection with yourself, with life, an authenticity that's just naming right where you are, not pretending you're anything other than where you are, because out of that connection with the truth, then your true nature can shine through. Uh, and a quality of aliveness that comes with that connection. So if the word joy trips you up, or happiness trips you up as we explore this topic uh, together, then just you might substitute a word that really uh, connects for you, like well-being. Uh, but we all do want to be happy. Is anybody here who doesn't want to be happy? Let's see. And sometimes I, I can almost feel somebody in, in a crowd saying, yeah, sometimes I like being grumpy, you know. <laughs> well, that's your way of being happy at that time. You know? <laughs> but there's something in us that really is rooting for our well-being that is behind every action that we do, if you take a look at it. Often it's misguided, thinking, oh, this will make me happy, yeah, and doesn't quite, as, as the Buddha actually was motivated to teach when he, when he after he became uh, awakened, he saw that everybody wants to be happy, and most everybody is going about doing the things that are leading to more, more suffering. And when he saw that, that was what motivated him to, to share. So he acknowledged, yeah, happiness is, is really important. It's this primal feeling inside that your, your organism is wanting some ease and well-being. And he said, really, go for it. Just first find out where happiness really lies. And in the, um, in the uh, joy course and book, and for those who don't, uh, aren't familiar with it, the book is based on this course that I teach. It's a 10-month course um, that's basically, I can say it here, stealth dharma. It's, uh, it's dharma principles made, put in very accessible ways that one can practice not just on the cushion, but in, in your daily life. 
Um, and if you're interested, there's a, you can uh, leave your contact information. We're going to start another one. We're just finishing one now and going to start another one uh, in uh, end of January, beginning of February. But um, I'll say a, a little bit about <clears throat> the essence of, of the, the approach that I have <clears throat> and then focus a, a bit more on, on this topic of letting go. The book is called um, Awakening Joy, 10 Steps That Will Put You on the Road to Real Happiness. And one of those steps is letting go. <clears throat> it's the sixth step in the, in the program. Um, so, very uh, brief overview. Um, the principles that, <clears throat> that I found from the Buddha's teachings... Uh, really speak to me as far as how to um, incline the mind and develop well-being. Three very simple principles. Uh, one has to do with what the Buddha talked about as cultivating wholesome states. In wise effort, there's guarding against unwholesome states, states of suffering, Greed, hatred, delusion, jealousy, fear, all of those, you probably know those, right? To guard against them and when they're here to, um, to overcome them in some way, not to get swept up by them. And then there's developing wholesome states like kindness, generosity, wisdom, compassion, uh, equanimity, all of those, joy developing them, and when they're here, to maintain and increase wholesome states. This is the fourth aspect of wise effort, to maintain and increase wholesome states when they arise. He said, this is a good thing. Um, the tricky part, however, is we usually think, oh, I'm feeling good, I want more. Okay, well, he said to increase wholesome states, so come on, bring it on. You've just got caught into an, into an unwholesome state where you're grasping on for more and attached to that particular good feeling. So we're going to talk a little bit today about how to truly increase the wholesome state, not by holding on, but actually by being very present and letting go of any kind of craving and, um, and and wanting, it's a tricky kind of a, a delicate dance there, but that's one principle to develop and increase wholesome states. And the ten steps are ten different wholesome states from these teachings that that can be developed and uh, and practiced. Second aspect is that along with a wholesome state there's an uplifting feeling, what, what the Buddha talked about as the gladness that's connected with a wholesome state. And he, he calls that gladness in one discourse, um, he says, it is an equipment of mind, the gladness that you're feeling when you're in the middle of a, of a really wholesome state is an equipment of mind to overcome all ill will and hostility. You know, you can be having a bummer of a day, uh, grumpy, and all of a sudden somebody does something that touches you in the heart. 
and you're, you're moved, or you are moved spontaneously to perform a random act of kindness, right? Just for no other reason than it's moving through you, and all of a sudden the, the bummer of the day evaporates. Oh, yeah. It, it's an equipment of mind to overcome ill will and hostility when you're feeling that gladness connected with it. He says, one gains inspiration in the meaning, inspiration in the truth. One gladdens the heart. And he actually suggests, while you're in the middle of that wholesome state, to know that you're there. He says, in the middle of a generous act, in this one discourse, he gives the, the example. Suppose you're in the middle of a generous act. He suggests thinking to yourself, oh, I'm being generous now. Isn't that interesting? You should, that's the recommendation. Just reflect, oh, I'm being generous now. He's not saying, hey, I hope everybody sees how generous I am. I'm such a wonderful person for being generous. No, that's not the idea. Then you're just creating more self and ego. But he says, rather, feel how good it feels for generosity to move through you. Or whatever the state is, gratitude or love, or compassion. Oh, it feels so good. And tune into that gladness. Don't miss it, that that is the antidote to ill will and hostility. So with each of these, and today when we do letting go, um, to tune into how it feels when you're able to be aligned with that wholesome feeling. And then the, the third principle is about the fact that over time we can develop different ways of being. This is what the word practice is about. The one particular teaching in, in one discourse, he says, whatever one frequently thinks and ponders upon, that will become the inclination of their mind. Can you argue with that? Wherever your mind habitually goes, you know, that becomes where it generally lands. Whatever you practice thinking, that's where your mind naturally lands. If you're practicing thinking about how life is a drag, how everybody around is going to disappoint you, and how you know, you're a loser or whatever, that's where your mind will habitually go. If you practice inclining your mind to seeing how amazing it is to be alive, how really underneath whatever the exterior we all want to love and be loved and feel safe and enjoy life. Uh, if you incline your mind, if you practice thinking or seeing through the lens of um, the miraculousness, the, the mystery of nature and how uh, your body keeps on serving you or whatever you, if you look for the good, that becomes the inclination of your mind. Not that you're pretending the hard stuff isn't there, but it just becomes a bigger context within which to deal with the 10,000 joys and the 10,000 sorrows. This is about opening up to the whole show, but to incline our minds towards where real happiness lies um, the Buddha suggested is the most um, powerful way 
to create the conditions for a mind that's a mind and heart that are completely free. The sure heart's release, which is what all of the ultimate happiness is. So cultivating those wholesome states is the way to create the conditions for that deeper kind of freedom. Okay, any, on what I've said so far, any questions, any, any comments? I'll just move on. Okay, so I want to um, talk a little bit about letting go specifically. <clears throat> In the teachings, the word uh, that's used is, uh, as far as a wholesome state, one of the ten perfections uh, or paramitas of, of a Buddha or anyone who's developing themselves is the word nekama, N-E-K-K-H-A-M-A, -K -K nekama, one of the ten perfections. And he says, uh, now this, oh, this word is usually translated as renunciation. I didn't want to say the joy of renunciation and call it that. <laughs> that might be a little bit of a stretch, you know, because it doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun. Renunciation, oh God, I've got to, you know, sacrifice and deprive myself and do without. And maybe a little bit of martyrdom there will help in my <laughs> development. He's saying this is where happiness really lies. But the word renunciation seems like a heavy one. Really what he's talking about is this capacity to relinquish, to open up, to free ourselves of the attachments that are usually running us. Another word that's sometimes used, I think is, that's more uh, effectively used, is that of simplifying, simplicity. You know, we have these, all these books and magazines, this real simple magazine, you ever see that one? With like 800 ads about, this'll simplify your life, and this'll make it simple, and this'll do it. But to really make it simple to you know that feeling when you declutter in your mind or your, your life? Oh, there's so much space. All that stuff that you, that you thought you needed, you know. Oh, I love this space. So it's not about getting rid of or being a martyr. It's not even about rejecting or dropping like a hot potato. Sometimes, you know, you say, oh, let go. I've got to let go of that. Come, come on. And the more you try to let go, it just seems to stick. Uh, it's really about not holding on, not picking up what we, what we don't need. The extra baggage that we carry around in our life that we think we need. Really letting go, the, the, the real... Uh, wisdom in letting go is discerning, s distinguishing what you want, which is endless, 
from what you really need. It's important to have what you really need. Even a, a, a monastic who's given up uh, the worldly life needs a begging bowl, the four requisites, robes, shelter, and medicine. He said that, that's basic. You need those things? Okay, it's good to have them. Well, we're living in our life and we, we, uh, in our daily life and we might have a few more things, especially if we have family and, and uh, want to make it in the world. We need money to get by and we need, and it's okay to feel at ease and, and, and enjoy our life. But the point of what we need from what we want, this is um, to tease that out and see clearly that we don't need nearly as much as we think we need. Here, and I'll, I'll share with you one of my uh, favorite exhibits on this predicament. This is a, an ad. This is called The Gold Shivers. Beautiful woman, draped in gold, very, very happy. Right? Two-page ad. I'll read it to you. The gold shivers, that electric excitement, that thrilling warmth. Every new piece of gold jewelry ignites it once again. <laughs> Nothing makes you feel as good as gold. Second page, you can see the woman. What is the real substance of a new piece of gold jewelry? Emotion, pure and powerful. From the first small shiver of excitement when a shimmering necklace of gold beads catches a woman's eye, to the great shivers of delight when the coveted object actually becomes hers. <laughs> Among life's pleasures, count this deeply felt euphoria as unique. The only way to get the gold shivers is by getting the gold. It's brilliant, isn't it? You might not even care about jewelry, but you read that and you say, oh, I want some too. <laughs> and we get, by a conservative estimate a number of years ago, about a decade ago, uh, the average American would get 3,000 messages like this every day. Unless you're on a retreat here at Spirit Rock where <laughs> lunch is the big thing, okay? <laughs> But, and it's very powerful. You don't think, you think, oh yeah, I know that stuff. I'm not a sucker for that. Well, if you watch TV, I don't want much, much TV. I'm watching the playoffs in the World Series. <laughs> Thank goodness. Hey, go Giants, by the way. Thank goodness, by the way, they won yesterday, so there's not a game that's interrupting the end of this today. I let go of it, but uh, I was very happy when it was here. But why a company like Coca-Cola would pay millions for 30 seconds of your time? You know Coca-Cola. It's not like you're going to say, oh, there's an interesting thing. Maybe I'll try that. You know Coca-Cola. But those 30 seconds imprint your mind saying, oh, yeah, that's going to make me happy. And it goes in very subtly and very powerfully over and over. It inclines your mind in a certain way. So this is heavy-duty conditioning that we're up against. The Buddha talked about it 2,500 years, and they didn't have the art of manipulating and fanning desires like they, they do now. 
So letting go is really seeing how good, how light it feels to, to lighten our baggage. It's really the movement from the second noble truth. If you're familiar with the four truths, there's suffering, the first truth. There's a cause of suffering, attachment. There's an end of suffering is the third truth, freedom. And then the fourth truth is uh, prescription, the, the path to the end of suffering. It's um, letting go is a movement from the third truth, from the second truth, holding on, being the cause of suffering, to letting go, the end of suffering. So you might say, oh, great, all right. I read the four truths. All right, so third truth, great. I just have to let go. Good luck. It's a very powerful conditioning that we have. Even if you've been aware of this and practicing for years and years. I've been doing this for, you know, 35, 36 years now. And it's still hard to let go for me. At many things are a lot easier, but there's, you know, until you're fully cooked, there's going to be some, some work to do as an illustration of the predicament that, that we're in. I, I love to use the example of a monkey trap that's, uh, that's used in Asia. We sometimes tell this on retreats. And this is true. Monkey, uh, monkeys get in the field and they tear up things and they... Uh, um, they kind of um, you know, create a nuisance and uh, get the crops and all. So the way they take this, uh, this trap, they take a coconut, cut off one end, hollow it out, tie it to a stake, put some sweets in the coconut. The monkey comes along, smells the sweets, slips its hand in, and the way the trap is devised, the monkey the hole is big enough to slip its hand in, but when the monkey grabs a fistful of sweets, it's too small a hole to get out. Knows it's in trouble, starts to panic. All it has to do is let go of those sweets, slip its hand out, and it's free. It's a very rare monkey that figures that out. And in the same way, we are in that predicament, thinking, oh, if I get my life together, you ever have that feeling, I've got to, even the, the, whole, the, uh, the phrase, getting my life together, kind of like holding it together. If I get it together, then it'll be okay. Oh, oh, oh no, what happened here? You know? But we keep on, I've got to get my life together. When you're in the rhythm of your life, you're not trying to get your life together. It's just kind of flowing. You know that feeling? If I hold on, I can't let go of this. You know, oh, this has been with me for ages. You know, or stacks of magazines. I have a hard time letting go of the articles that I know are giving me some secret information. You know, I could never live long enough to read all of those magazines, but, you know, and every now and then, oh, yeah, so good. That's one of my things. Okay. But it feels so good when you kind of 
create some space. So this is what we're going to be doing, and, I, and I'm, you know, so I'm saying I'm not the ultimate expert on this. I've learned a lot about it and know for myself when the mind is able to let go and the heart is able to put down the extra baggage, there is a tremendous lightness. And as we do this today, as we go through these various topics, um, we'll explore and any moments that you're tuning into how good it feels to lighten up and let go. My encouragement for all of us will be to notice those moments. Notice how good it feels so you're starting to train your mind and your heart. Oh yeah, this is a good thing. This isn't a sacrifice. This feels so good. So, let's see. So we're going to um, we're going to sit for a, a, a few mo a little while, and uh, and then we'll explore the first of these uh, these topics. And when we do the sitting, um, and I'll, each of the times we'll sit throughout the day. Uh, I I thought of doing some walking meditation, but this might not be the day for it. So we'll be <laughs> taking breaks and uh, things like that. Uh, hmm. A lot of people. Hi, everybody. <laughs> no. okay. um, when, we, uh, when we sit, we'll incline the mind towards this whole idea of, of letting go uh, in, in different ways. So um, please uh, find a posture you can be reasonably upright and still. By the way, is it stuffy in here? Yes. Let's let's open up some uh, in, in the back uh, and maybe Don't make on it the too side. cold right on this. What's that? Don't okay, it but it real. just uh, just a little bit. Yeah. That's good. <clears throat> okay, now, is it cold in here? <laughs> okay, that's probably, let's see where, how that is. Okay, and uh, just a, a few words bef uh, about the sitting practice. Oh, and by the way, back on the table, I, I put out a sheet, if you're new to practice, on uh, how to meditate, my instructions. Uh, that was just in uh, recent Shambhala Sun, just the, these uh, basic instructions. And you can help yourself to that. Um, so, the key in meditation practice the way I see it is um, how to deal with the fact that your mind will wander. Okay, If your mind does not wander when you meditate today, I'd like you to please come up and speak to me. <laughs> um, 
I want to know what's go going on in there. <laughs> but for most people, the mind wanders, particularly if you're not in the middle of an intensive meditation retreat. And so a key is how you deal with that moment that the mind has wandered. There's a few choices. One very common response is, oh, darn it, there I am wandering. You know, get back here and do this right. And in that you might sense the judgment and the frustration and the discouragement and agitation that can come with that evaluation. Okay. All you're doing is cultivating judgment, discouragement, and frustration with a little bit of awareness. Okay. A second response is, oh, I've been lost in thought, but this is a really interesting thought. Let me just go with this one for a little while. And with that, you have bitten the bait. You might be gone for, if you're lucky, five seconds, or if otherwise five minutes, or 15 minutes, you're gone. Okay. So it takes some resolve not to get seduced by your thoughts, no matter how profound or annoying they are. This is where the initial letting go is. Letting go of any kind of judgments that you've been thinking or what thoughts are coming through. And the recommended response, instead of judging yourself or getting hooked, is to first appreciate the fact that you've come back. Feel good about it. Ah, here we are. Okay. You can have that attitude anyway. And then let the return be done with great kindness and patience and the sincere intention to be present once again. That's your end of the deal. You might be gone in another few moments. doesn't matter. As soon as you see, let go of the thought, let go of the judgment, and just come back in a very loving way. And in that approach, you're cultivating kindness and patience and presence every time you notice the mind has wandered. That's, that's a, a great support. Okay, so as you sit here, and we'll sit for, oh, maybe about uh, 20, yeah, about 20 minutes right now, so we'll have a chance for everything. So, um, as you sit here, bring your awareness into the body. Once again, know that you are sitting here and feel the earth support you. Take a few deeper breaths and breathe in a calming energy. I like to begin that way. And as you breathe out, let go let go of anything that you don't need. The exhale is really the letting go that we do all the time. Trusting that the next in-breath will come on its own. Let go of the idea of a good sit, being a good meditator. And just let yourself relax into being here with an interested 
and kind awareness. So let the breath find its own natural rhythm. Let it breathe itself. Let it breathe you. The mind is open and spacious. And tune into the breath. Anything else that calls your attention, acknowledge that, whether it's a sound or a sensation, if it's calling you strong. And then just come back in a very loving way to the breath each time. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.